Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. This is Sports Ridge. I am Gabe Overensi. The Pepsi players, the hustlers, the people of Buslow, but everybody else in between. Sunday, bloody Sunday has begun. Sirius XM Channel 159. We got a full house on the program tonight. Mo Combat's lead off. We got the big E, Eric Cohen, kicking it to us. We've got the big B in Babano. Show, let's roll. Countdown to tip-off is on. Countdown to puck drop is on. NBA Finals resume on Monday. Stanley Cup on Tuesday. Probably both coming to an end, or at least one of them's going to be coming to an end. I don't see how the Miami Heat are going to win this basketball game in the Mile High City. Maybe the Panthers can pull it off and then lose in six. Um, that's what I thought, It'd be, you know, six or seven games. But it, it appears like the Florida Panthers are a day late and a dollar short. A lot of stuff to unpack. CFL football is back. UFC 289 and still Nudas and still uh, champion. Oliviera gets it done for us at uh, plus money. We'll get into that. Uh, we've got the CFL uh, is back. 3-1 to the under this week in the CFL. And... You know, sometimes you get what you deserve when you bet on a bad football team. And the Edmonton Elks are not a very good football team, even though I think they're going to be kind of improved. They haven't won a home game in forever. They didn't win a home game tonight. They could have. They had to, they had first and goal on the goal line, man. And they ran the same damn play three times in a row and got stuffed and lost the game. You know, that's why you haven't won a home game in like three years or whatever the hell it's been now, man. It's getting out of like, like wow. It was gift wrapped to them. Absolutely gift wrapped, man. Saskatchewan are not very good. Saskatchewan threw an interception, like gave Edmonton the ball on like the twenty yard line. And then there was a pass interference penalty. So they they set up shop like first and goal. And they couldn't score. Uh they, they couldn't score. We got drilled in the USFL. We'll get into that. And speaking of getting drilled, there's a report out now about the XFL, which I don't really understand, to be honest. There's a report that the XFL lost $60 million this year. How the hell do you lose $60 million? You're not even paying the players. Like, like I don't understand that, that number to be that big. I, I actually dispute the number, to be honest, because they paid $15 million for the league itself. Like, come on. I guess. Did, did each team, well, they got 10 teams. Did each team lose $6 million? Did it cost them $6 million to operate each team? I don't really I don't really get it. Like their salaries aren't crazy. So like I don't understand like how they could even rack up 60 million in debt. Supposedly ESPN gave them 20 million dollars for the rights. So I don't understand how they would lose that much money. I yeah, like I said, I dispute, you know, I'm not disputing Forbes. They're the business magazine. I am not. I just don't understand a league that doesn't pay its players. Right? Like they don't they don't pay their players, the XFL. Like XFL players are making like, you know, forty five thousand dollars a year. So if you add it all up, like that was the Alliance League's problem years ago. Remember the Alliance League, which was pretty good? The AAF, whatever man has been a lot of these leagues over the last few years. That was a pretty good league. 
But the problem was they were overpaying their players. That's why it was pretty good. They had pretty good players because they were paying players like 150, 100,000, 200,000 sometimes and stuff. They also went bankrupt six weeks in. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. Sunday, bloody Sunday. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates. Joining us on the Sports Grid Radio Networks. The late night anger management class has begun. I am Aretzi. We've got a full house. We've got a lot of stuff to unpack and break down on the show. We'll get into the NBA Finals, the Denver Nuggets. The Larry OB is going to be in the building. The question is, are they going to hoist it? I think they're going to hoist it. Then the question is, all right, are they going to cover the point spread? They probably do. Um, I can see the wheels just falling off in Denver, rolling uh, Miami. Meanwhile, the Stanley Cup is going to be in the building on the Strip on Tuesday night. You know, Vegas going to win on home ice. We've seen historically, for whatever reason, in the NHL, teams don't really ever win at home. Let's go over. We'll look at the past years. But, I don't know, teams get, you know, they get excited. The Cup is in the building. Their families are there. Their friends are there. They have, like, big parties planned after. And meanwhile, the other team's not thinking about any parties or anything. They're just trying to get a W. Vegas are clearly the better team. Doesn't mean Florida can't steal one, maybe. Um, between the two of them, though, listen, between the two of them, I think the Denver Nuggets are the bigger lock to, to, to lay this down and win. I think they've taken control of the series, and I don't think there's anything uh, Miami could do about it. Mo Khan's going to step up and in. We'll get into uh, all of this and uh, more. UFC 289, Amanda Nunes uh, gets it done. Charles Oliveira uh, c- continues to do his thing. We did very well um, with our picks and our predictions, even though we sort of changed our mind a lot through the week. When it was all said and done, uh, we had a strong Saturday uh, night. Uh, we've got the CFL is uh, back. There was a game tonight with uh, Edmonton, Saskatchewan. Crazy ending. Edmonton could have won the game. Uh, they didn't. There's reports that the XFL lost $60 million. I don't understand how the hell they could lose $60 million. Like, I don't see how they spent $60 million. Like, if you actually add up all the revenue that they spend and it came back in for the television, I mean, I don't understand where this number comes from. But the report was in Forbes. They lost $60 million, yet they're not panicked. They think they're going to make $100 million next year. Listen, I didn't go to an Ivy League school, and I don't have a business degree, but you will not make $100 million next year. What kind of numbers are they dealing with here? <laughs> Mo Khan kicks it with us. Ian Cameron throws it down. The real Eric Cohen, the Big E. The quickest 100 minutes of sports talk radio has begun. This is Sports Rage. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. We're listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci. Let's roll. Sunday, buddy, Sunday. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Marinci. A lot of stuff to unpack. 
on the program. Uh, the XFL reportedly lost $60 million. We've got the NBA Finals, the Stanley Cup uh, Finals, the Canadian Open, which is just an absolutely exhilarating lit tournament uh, this week. Shout out to everybody um, in the Toronto area that put the tournament on. It was really well done. You could, you know, it's just a cool, great vibe, great atmosphere. The PGA needed something positive to make people stop talking about how sleazy and greedy uh, they are. And you know, when somebody drains a 72-foot uh, putt, people are going to be talking about it, including Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is watching it, and he's, he just tweeted out, insane. So Nick Taylor won. You know, we talked about Nick Taylor last week. Having a shot and being a long shot in this, man, it was like 60-1. to 1. I think it was a little higher, but it came down to like 60-1. to 1. I didn't take him. I had Corey Connors. I'm kicking myself for not having a piece of this, but – you know, a Canadian hadn't won the Canadian Open since 1954. And like I said, you had to putt. You had a four-hole playoff. And, oh, yeah, Adam Hadwin, another, obviously, a PGA Tour player, a Canadian, whose buddies uh, with Taylor ran up onto it to celebrate with him after he won and tackle. Uh, he got tackled and lit the F up pretty good by security. Like, really good. Uh, this tournament had a little bit of something for everybody. Mo Khan steps up and in. He's been tackled like that before. Mo, always a pleasure. TSN Radio in the house. What's going on, Mo? How you doing tonight? Uh, well, Gabe, uh, another busy day uh, of CEBL action in the course uh, with what's going on with the NBA Finals. We have a lot to cover, I guess, this week, my friend. Yeah, yeah it's Champions League, CFL. Yeah, there's yeah. a million things going on. There's also a story here about uh, about the Jacksonville Jaguars, guys. And uh, the Jaguars, where they're potentially going to play, and there's a report now, and it's confirmed. I mean, they're talking. We'll see if it comes to fruition. But the Jacksonville Jaguars could play at the Daytona International Speedway. For whatever reason, the club is in discussions with holding football games at Daytona uh, amid their their renovations. It seems to me, I don't know, Gainesville, I don't know, I don't know if they can pull off Gainesville. They don't want to pay for it. Basically, they're saying it'd be very expensive to go to Gainesville uh, to do. Orlando is intriguing, but I think Orlando's renovating their stadium as well. And I think there's a little bit of a a thing about they kind of know Orlando want to steal the team in the first place. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm not really they don't seem to be overly thrilled about Orlando for whatever reason. Right, like, like they, you know, what I mean, they had Gainesville and Orlando as temporary sort of thoughts, and now they're on to Daytona right now. But we'll get back to that. Yeah. Let's start off with the NBA Finals. So, to me, they're going to win the they're going to win the championship tomorrow. Like the only question is, are they going to cover the point spread? Really, um, I don't <laughs> see Miami winning this game, and it's not not really anything against Miami. We know Denver's the better team, but I don't think Denver are going to let them off the hook. Denver don't want to go back to Miami. They want to get this thing over with. They've set it up. They've got them on their home court right now. No reason why Denver doesn't win. The only question to me is by how many. What do you think happens on Monday? Well, it, it gave all, I'll just to go off court here, I, I think Nuggets wouldn't mind winning in Miami to celebrate in South Beach if they were to not win any game five. But I think, look, the reality is when you watch that game on Friday and how that unfolds before the Nuggets and the Heat, you can just see Miami just lacks the talent depth that's required to win at this juncture of the season, whereas Denver has that, right? You, you saw the guys play better when we spoke about it when it was 1-1. Uh, it wasn't a good effort for Denver at that time, but they kind of regrouped and they adjusted what they had to do in South Florida uh, to win games three and four. And the question now is for Spolstra, can he pull a legitimate uh, trick out of his bag right now where if it's not going to be Jimmy Butler to get the, the pointer, who's going to step up? Is it going to be Strokes? Is it going to be uh, Kyle Lowry? Who knows? Or even Kevin Love for that matter. But right now, the matchups as we speak dramatically favor the Nuggets from top to bottom here. And the, unless the Heat step plays well, uh, you're right, Gabe. This could be all but or a wrap tomorrow night in Denver winning the five for them. Oh, it will be. I'm pretty I'm pretty convinced it will be. Why do you think what's the deal with Tyler Hero in that did they think that they were playing like that Denver really cared that much that Miami would say that Tyler Hero was coming back every game, even though he never was, you know what I mean? Like I think they're, they're, there was a there was you know there was the thought process. Well, he could have played here, but they're going to wait. Remember, it was reported point blank, he's going to play when they get back home to Miami in the game three. He didn't. Right. Then it was like, well, we'll see about game four. He didn't. Then, well, you know, we'll see. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. 
I mean, they obviously knew he wasn't close to you. You can't say that someone's this close to coming back 10 days ago or whatnot and, right. and still have him out right now. I don't know if they were just playing mind games. What's your take on that? Oh, I think that's what it was, Gabe. You just want to force the Nuggets staff to, to prepare for a hero, right, if, if he's going to come back. But, I mean, look, at this point of the year, they, they, they prepare for everything, right? No matter if you're the 13th guy or the 12th guy or the 15th guy, you are going to have a scouting report on every player out there. And, look, whether, look I'm not saying Tyler here is going to come out there and score 20 because he wasn't going to be in basketball shape uh, where he's missed the last seven weeks of playing time. I think what the reality was is that, as you said before, with Miami, these, they're this deficient from scoring. And, you know, it, it begs the question out to ask about the moving towards the offseason with Tyler Hero. Is he, is he going to be a part of the future plans for what they want to build? And for Pat Riley, you know how ruthless he is, Gabe, right? He's come up close now in probably twice in the last three years of the bubble uh, finals. Now this, where he's come up short. I think he's going to ask himself, is it Dame Lillard a guy to bring down to South Florida to put us over the top for what we have as a core base? Because quite frankly, again, as I said before, they lack the scoring, but I think the biggest question mark for the Miami Heat, whether they lose in five, six, or who knows in seven, can they get better depth quality moving forward? Because this team is decent, Gabe, but these came up short for what they had to face against the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to use the fact that that Hero wasn't there as an excuse, that they think, wow, that was 20 points a game that we would have had. He's somewhat of a defensive liability as well. They don't have enough. You're right. I think they are still a player away, as we've seen. Damon Lillard seems to want to be that player. But, it, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. There's something called the salary cap, and they only have so much money. <laughs> right, right. right. Uh, yeah. And then who, who do they have to give up? And, you know, we've seen teams, right? Phoenix yeah. got Kevin Durant, and they gave up everybody, and they didn't have any depth after. <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes teams, it's like, good for you. Yeah, you got the star player, but you gave up all the good guys to actually, to actually get them, and now you can't win because you don't have any depth because you gave up all these guys. But I do agree that if Miami is going to take that next step, like they've shown that they can battle through, they can get there, but they just don't have enough. They're a player aware. Uh, they're they're a player. They're a player away right now. And one thing that they do have to their advantage, though, Mo, is the fact that most, pretty much, like ninety nine point nine percent of players in the NBA don't have any problems playing for the Miami Heat and would play for the Miami Heat, right? They like right, Miami. Right. They like the franchise. They And we've seen it time and time again. Very few players say, oh, I'm not going to play for the Miami Heat. You know, you're right. You're right. Because, like, it's South Florida, right? No state tax. It's, it's a great living scenario out there. And I think for what Miami's trying to build up now, like they brought in Kevin Love uh, because Kevin didn't want to be in Cleveland, right? And Love felt that this was a good team to work with. But I just think now, when you look at that team right now, as I speak to the five that they have on the lineup here, beyond Bam and, and Jimmy, no one else scares you in that starting five. And and that missing piece could be through a trade. And the thing is, can Pat Riley, again, pull off some magician stuff here to say, we can move around salary and bring in that big hitter onto that roster to compliment Jimmy Bullock? Because you look at it now, Gabe, Bullock looks gassed at this point of the season. He's used all of his resources that he's had in his tank uh, to play beyond the lights here for, for what he's done for this Heat organization. So this thing now moving forward here, can they find that complimentary piece that can play off of Butler and have a good core with him, Bam, and Jimmy moving forward? And I've said this in the past, that it has been a great run by Jimmy Butler, but I still believe it, that Jimmy Butler, he's a star. He's not like a superstar, you know? Like, yeah, he put him on his back. He had some good games. But let's not kid ourselves. He's not scoring 37 points a night, guys. Like, that's not what he's going to do. He's a great player. He's a great player. But they need offensive help. Like, they need some more offensive firepower on that team. This is Portridge. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Brian, care to place a wager? Tomorrow night on Fox's Celebrity Boxing, I've got Carol Channing beating Mike Tyson in three rounds. Carol Channing. You've got Carol Channing, the actress, beating Mike Tyson, the boxer. Hell, give me 50 bucks on Tyson. Yeah, you're in good company. Betting Freddy took the same wager. The late night anger pants, Rick this is Portrait. I am Gable Moretzi. Mocon kicking with us. Countdown to tip-off is on. What I think is going to be the final NBA game of the season, unfortunately. It is what it is. We got the NBA draft. But the NBA, um, the NBA is like the only league, really. I mean, they're the only league with a summer league, right? The, the NBA does a pretty good job of staying in the news and actually having something to talk about and events. And, like, they're they're pretty – it's a pretty active and busy league. Um, as we stated, we've got the finals. It'll go right into the NBA draft. One Binyama fever, and then um, you know, then the summer league, and we do have the FIBA World Cup uh, this this August as well. So there's going to be a full full summer of basketball. We're not done, but it looks like the NBA is going to be done. Mo Khan kick it with us. I think Denver roll tomorrow, Mo. I think they're going to kill him. Yeah. I think Miami will hang around early for a little while, and eventually the wheels will fall off. And uh, it was a hell of a run for the Heat, but Denver going to win the championship tomorrow night, I think. Yeah, unless Miami starts shooting the lights out like they did in game two uh, with Robinson and others uh, making those clutch shots, as they did in the second half. I, I can't see uh, Miami keeping up uh, and forcing a game six back in South Beach. But again, like I said before, I don't think the Nuggets would have mind if they won the title in Miami to celebrate in that area of South Beach. But I just think now... For Miami, for Denver, I think the focus for them will be the execution, right? Can they continue to get the execution depth that they had in games three and four? You saw what Porter Jr. did. You saw what Carlo Pope did. Their starters played much more effective as, as a unit than before. And I give full props to Mike Malone, Gabe, because he made his adjustments. I mean, he outwitted um, Eric Spolstra in the key moments as it was in games three and four. So can he do the same thing and keep Spolstra's uh, game tactics at a standstill and have him uh, control the narrative for for what he wants to be for tomorrow night in Denver. Listen, I love Spo. He's a great coach, but, you know, there's only so much he can do. If the, if, the, if his team aren't hitting shots, you know, it doesn't matter. Einstein himself is going to be able to save uh, the Miami Heat right now. So speaking of coaches, Nick Nurse, Toronto Raptors coach, of course, uh, was, was let go. Although I think it was kind of amical, to be honest. Like, I, he wanted to go. <laughs> it was one of those. Yeah. <laughs> they, they both just had enough of each other, Masai Ujiri and Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse ends up with Philadelphia, and Toronto had been pretty patient in their coaching search, and it was a pretty – it was, you know, it was a wide net, right? They spoke to everybody, essentially, right? They spoke to multiple different candidates, uh, when it was all said and done, Rajakovic gets the job. Uh, Darko Rajakovic, just the second Serbian coach in NBA history. Masai is always unpredictable. He always thinks outside the box, and you never know what he's going to do. And nobody expected this. And here we are right now. What do you think of the hire? Uh, it's to be determined, Gabe. I mean, I know it didn't have the sex appeal that many Raptors fans that I spoke to saying, who is this guy? What's he all about? And, and knowing that he's the assistant uh, uh, Grizzlies uh, coach out in Memphis. But 
I think you're right. Masai Ujiri thinks outside of the box here, right? And I think he what he realized that he had to find himself a, a coach that's going to relate to players. And look, the reality is Nick Nurse rubbed a lot of guys wrong in Toronto. Uh, we, we spoke about it before in months past. You know, we, we talked about Pascal Siakam and how he didn't have a good rapport with uh, Nick Nurse for the last two or three years. So can he now, Radikovic, be able to have that rapport with Scotty Barnes, who will be the gem among the crown jewels in Toronto? where He's, he's known for that, Mo. That's why yeah. he was hired. He's known for cultivating good relationships with young players. Right. He was, you know, the head of player development as well. Uh, when Memphis, and if you look at Memphis, it's hard to argue the success of the young players. Not, and I'm not even talking about John Morant, but everybody else. Right, and the thing is for Roger Kovic, though, is that is his style going to be appealing to those free, free agents out there, right? And I think for, for Masai Dream, for Bobby Webster, they got to figure out who can fit around what they're trying to rebuild. Because the reality is, Gabe, the Raptors might not say openly, but it's a rebuild. It's what it is right now, what they're trying to do, because this team is, is a no-man's land. They missed out on Wambayama when they could have tanked the rest of the season and had themselves a chance at top five, not top three, uh, of an NBA draft pick. And now they're in no-man's land. So I just think right now for what they want to build from the side for Bobby Webster, what's that next move, right? Can they get the right pieces in place to say, look, we missed out on Wambayama and we missed out on Scoot Henderson here, but can we get that impact rookie that can play off of Scotty Barnes and help elevate Scotty Barnes because with all due respect, Gabe, Scotty Barnes took a step back in his development in year two and he was nowhere near where he was in his rookie season. So I just think now they had to do a complete reboot and let this play out naturally from an organic perspective to let this team grow under what they want to have with Roger Kovic as the head coach. I think, yeah, I can't disagree. I mean, they're, the development of Scotty Barnes and his relationship with Nurse was obviously something that was part of this as well. I don't think they got along. Basically, no one got along with Nick Nurse. Besides, I think, Fred Van Fleet. I think yeah. Van Fleet and Nurse were kind of buddies and boy, you know what I mean? They, that was his guy type of thing. Um, but when it's all said and done, as you stated, is it a... I don't think it's, it is kind of a rebuild in a sense. They're going to re, re sort of tool this thing, but it's on Messiah as well. They have too many of the same player, Mo, right? I mean, and I like OG Ananobi, and you look at Barnes and you got Siakam. Siakam doesn't get credit for the numbers that he puts up, but he's not the type of guy that's going to win a game for you in the last two minutes, right? No. And then you get OG. Who I mean, he doesn't really even know what his role is. It'll be interesting to see now with a new coach. I think they're going to play much more up-tempo basketball, and I think that's what was bothering Masai Ujiri. He hated the the half-court slow down. There was just no innovation uh, with the Raptors. But um, as far as um, as far as the Raptors are concerned, now Mark Stein from ESPN is reporting on his Substack that um, Fred Van Fleet and Gary Trent Jr are both not going to be back as well. I don't think that's shocking. We've talked no. about this a lot, but we talk about the unpredictability of the Raptors. I'm not so sure. Like, I would not be shocked if Fred Van Fleet still is a Raptor, actually. I, you know, it's, he wants to make money. He's going to go where he gets the most money. But it seems to me, Mo, that he's sort of... There's reports are that he's open to coming back still. Like, if the Raptors put a little bit more money on the table. But we talked about it. The Raptors offered him, you know, four years, $114 million before, and they basically told him, like, you should take this offer now, right? He didn't, right? Yeah. He didn't. So I don't think they feel like they owe him another offer now, Mo, to be honest, right? I'm not saying no. it won't happen, but in their eyes, they're like, dude, you already decided this when you turned down, right? I don't think they want to pay him, to be honest, either. No, I, I think they're trying to corner him, right? If they do bring him back of a, of a lowered salary that they can offer, but yeah, the hundred and fourteen million that they offer, yeah. that's what he's going to yeah, get. Yeah, exactly, right. But but the thing is, for Van Vliet, though, is that you saw towards the end of the season, like cryptic tweets about how he felt about his time in Toronto, and and he wasn't happy. And and I think at this point, just like with Nick Nurse, it's kind of run its course of Van Vliet, where he was a revelation. He came out of nowhere from Wichita State to be what he was as a twenty nineteen piece of. of key shot that he's made uh, during that during that title run that they had with the, with the Raptors. I think now it's that point game where in a relationship, you know, with boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is, you reach that point and you go, you know what, we can't go any further. It's time for us to split, shake hands, we had a great run, let's move on. And this thing now for what they where they want to be, the Raptors, they're nowhere near the top five of the Eastern uh, of the East right now. Who are they going to jump? The Knicks? Probably not. They're not going to jump the Sixers. They'll have one more run with them. The Bucks, no way. Not Miami. And, and who knows who else, right? Boston, not even in that situation. So are they now six, seven, eight, nine? 
And when you think about it, they got bats in the playing round against the Chicago Bulls, who are nowhere near uh, NBA playoff level for where they want to be. So yeah, the reality didn't they is, have didn't they have like an 18 point lead in that game? <laughs> like, whatever they, the hell they did, it was. Right, right, right. But the thing is, that's my point, though. Right, like if they couldn't be a Bulls team that was lesser in talent for what they were, then really the, the Raptors are nowhere near a top eight team in the East going to the next season. So if you're a Raptors fan, I think you would embrace uh, the rebuild because again, they don't have much cap wiggle room to work with in terms of the flexibility that they want to do. Unless Masai did what he did when he when he first came in as, as Raptors GM, where he was able to pull out that Rudy Gay trade to get off the contract like he did then I would trust him and, and, and trust Bob West to do so. But right now, there's no signs of it. And maybe that's a good thing for Raptor fans. And maybe they're going covertly trying to get off of these contracts if they can to create more cap space and perhaps more wiggle, wiggle, wiggle room to give themselves more flexibility in the years to come. See, I don't think they – I think you're a little bit more down on them than I am as far as the big picture is concerned. <laughs> no, just in the sense that yeah. there's – to me, they're a 50-win team. Right, they have the, you know, what I mean, and we'll see what they do, how they replace these players, but let's but be real. Who, let's but with who? Well, Jacob, uh, I mean, there, there's no one on that team besides Barnes that, that scares anyone. OG, no, you know, you made, made a point about OG. When healthy, Gabe, he's fantastic, but when is he healthy enough, right? I mean, and he hasn't been utilized properly. And so I just think right now, you say 50 wins. I say probably 35 to 40, 45 wins max for this team next season if they get that far. Well, they got to 41 this year, and it was a disaster. Yeah. And that was their – put it this way, Mo. The last 11 years, the Toronto Raptors have gone over their win total of 9 of the 11. And the only one they didn't, the other one was this year, and was um, was when they played in Tampa during the, um, during the COVID, COVID year. year. Yeah. But I think they're going to re – I think there's going to be some big moves to come still. I do. I think they're going to – someone's going to go. It's either going to be Siakam or it's going to be OG. And – I think, as you stated, from a monetary standpoint, they're going to have to figure something out. And just from a basketball standpoint, like we said, they have too many of the same players. Right? That's their problem. We're going to see, man. There was there's, there was a little bit of a buzz that the Raptors are aggressively trying to get into the top three or four of the NBA draft. We'll see how that transpires. We'll get the Stanley Cup and more with Mo Brigham. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. My name's Bobby, and I am an addict. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Bobby. You know, you folks aren't here because you're gamblers. You are here because you are terrible gamblers. Hey, Bobby. These folks don't need to stop doing what they're doing. They just need to get better okay. at it. The Late Night Anger Match for Class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Frenzy. 
kicking it with Mo Khan right now. We're just talking NBA basketball. We're getting to the uh, the NHL. Uh, the Boston Celtics are uh, bringing in Charles Lee as their lead assistant uh, coach uh, to join Joe Missoula. There was um, there was the thought that they wanted to get you know some more quality assistance to give Missoula some help uh, on the sideline. And uh, Charles Lee, he had been an assistant uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks, and in fact. Charles Limo was one of the final candidates for the Raptors job. Um, from what I understand, and we talked about how they discussed and they talked to a million people, right? From, you know, Becky Hamm and Steve Nash to basically everybody. And um, it is being reported the last three standing that there were the serious contenders for the job were, were Charles Lee, Kenny Atkinson, and uh, Rajakovich, who got the job. They, they were the last three candidates. I thought Atkinson would have been a good fit, but clearly Masai liked what he heard as far as the style of play and yeah. the gelling that it's all about, you know, what do you think of this player? Do you like this? Is he being used this way? How would you use him, right? Do you, do you think we should trade him? Like that when I asked someone, like, why are the Raptors speaking to so many people? I was told they like getting the feedback from everybody, right? They like hearing, like, you know, how would you, if you were our coach, what would you do? What kind of style would you play? Like, who would be the feature piece? And, they, you know, they want to get as much info as possible. So it's interesting that Charles Lee gets interest, uh, gets uh, hired uh, in uh, Boston. But let's get into um, – oh, last thing about the uh, the, the NBA. I guess the, uh, the Miami Heat mascot's doing better. He had to go to the hospital after he got knocked <laughs> out by uh, Conor yeah. McGregor the other night. At first when I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, he really smoked him pretty good. But right. Conor did try to knock – the hat off, right? He, you know, he swung hard, but he didn't really hit him in the, in the head. But at the same point in time, Buddy went down pretty hard. He could have hit his head on the floor after. It's, I'd be surprised if uh, there's not a lawsuit coming. There's not another lawsuit for Conor McGregor coming. Yeah, I don't remember this, Gabe. Uh, years ago, McGregor was at a Cowboys game, and for photo ops, they had him throw a football. And he's not to throw a football. Like, you know, like, he doesn't follow instructions on how to do things properly. And, and I wonder if the bad heat people could listen, you know, be playful with burning the mascot and, and not, you know, do what he did. And you're right. When I saw that first crack, I go, oof. That was pretty hard. That wasn't like a, a light touch to the to the mascot's head. And, you know, look, it is what it is, right? It's unfortunate what happened. And, and look, I think you're right that there will probably be some sort of uh, lawsuit that will come uh, from that person who is that mascot because he probably took some severe shots, as he did, and was not comfortable. And I just think it's unfortunate how it played out. But, look, you have to kind of give Conor McGregor a little bit more of instructions to, to follow this thing here and not go overboard as he did on Friday night. And or stop inviting him to these things because like, because he's crazy, right? That's the whole thing. So you don't know what he's going to do. Yet these teams invite him onto the court all the time, and or the ice, the field. We've seen it time and time again. Um, all right. So uh, speaking of the ice, I do yeah. believe the Denver Nuggets are going to close it out. Vegas get their opportunity to close it out on Tuesday night um, at home as well. Are they? Do you think they do? They're very similar series, aren't they? I mean, they were both eight seeds. Yeah. And they're both kind of just overmatched. Like the Florida Panthers, you know, they're, you can see. You can just see they don't have enough to beat this team four out of seven games. But it doesn't mean they can't steal one if Vegas are kind of caught looking ahead at the finish line a little bit too much. What do you think happens on Tuesday? No, I think Florida does finish it off. Uh, The same thing. I'll use the same argument as I said about the Madden Heat. They just lack that uh, talent. And there's that gap right now where you look at the the Vegas Knights game, right? They've been building up for this moment for the last two, three years, bringing the Mark Stones, the Jack Eichels of the world to kind of, you know, go high end. And those guys have has rewarded the team for for what they are. And I think, look, we we spoke about the Panthers and what they are. We we thought Boston would have to steal a game in Vegas. Um, which he didn't do initially. You're right. He's got to do it tomorrow on Tuesday night, that is, and, and get them back to South Florida by Friday. But the thing, thing is, though, is that he's not looked good. I mean, he's looked shaky at times, as, as you saw in the first couple of games of the series. And you think about game three, 
you know, the Panthers got lucky because this would have been a four-game sweep and it would have been a wrap for the season and we look forward towards a draft at the end of June with Connor Bedard. But I just think right now for the Panthers are, they used had all that momentum of people talking about, hey, with them being down three in a boss and they came back and won that in seven. But this is a different animal now, Gabe. You have the best of the best and you talk about that backline for the Vegas Knights and how deep and strong and, 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 and how controlling they are with their backline. They have not been able to penetrate through and I think that's been the difference in why Bigs is up where they are right now and about to win the cup perhaps on Tuesday night. You know, this cup reminds me a lot of the, what the Florida Panthers did was the um, the Montreal Canadiens from a couple of years ago, Mo. Against Tampa. Yeah. yeah, very similar. Who did the Canadians beat in the playoffs? They beat the Vegas Golden Knights. They weren't supposed to beat them. They beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. They came back and from 3-1. And, yeah, and the Jets. Yeah. yeah, so, you know what I mean? There was that, wow, I can't believe they beat them. You know, they, they played over their head. They got to the cup final. And Carey Price carried them. And what happened when they got into the finals? Carey Price wasn't very good. Like, he was tired. You could see, you know, he was just, he was worn out. And it looks like Bobrovsky hit that wall either. And it very a lot of similarities in which you can just, you know, right, the Canadians are done. They don't have the talent to beat Tampa. And Tampa are cruising right now. And they're playing at just a different level. And now we don't even know about Kachuk's status, uh, to be honest, for Tuesday either, Mo. Right. You're right. No, it's almost similar. You're right. It's almost similar parallels, right? Because Florida kind of back, well, Florida did back door their way to the playoffs as the Montreal Canadiens for what they did in the bubble a couple of years ago. And they, they played off momentum and motion to get to where they are, where they were the Habs now with the Panthers in this series. And, you know, it, it goes bad. Look, Kachuk is the, heart soul, uh, is the heartbeat of this team. He's the soul of this franchise. But they just, they just lack the ingenuity. They lack the cutting edge to win those games. You talk about McCousins, you know, uh, Verhege. These guys have come up with clutch moments during the run so far. But the Vegas Knights have put literally uh, uh, plugged in all those holes and not, not have given them a chance to do what they were doing the first three rounds of the playoffs here. And I think now for Florida, look, you think about it before Gabe made that point a couple, a couple months ago. They were the President's Trophies winners, what, 18 months ago, and now here they are as the, as the underdog. I mean, they're not far off here, but I think that going through the offseason, if they do lose in five, you got to surround Matthew Kachuk with more talent to work with, and that, that he's got to go out there and do the same style of play game in and game out because he will wear out. Maybe not now, but two, three years down the road. I think in the future, too. We're seeing, I, I'm not a fan of the NHL playoff format, and, you know, the numbers are terrible in, you know, the ratings. It's like 2.8 mil in the 3 million range. That's so not terrible. But yeah. it's kind of just stagnant. And I don't know, like, I think their theory is, well, we had really good numbers in the first round, and these numbers aren't bad, so overall it's pretty good. Except this is why we end up with these teams in the finals all the time, right? The Canadians, the Panthers, these long shots, and then the actual cup itself isn't that entertaining. The finals, it's kind of one-sided when it's all said and done. You know, I was thinking that Florida could somehow steal it or, you know, this or that, and it's possible. You know, anything can happen in a hockey game. But for the record, if you think that both series are going to come to an end, guys, the Denver Nuggets on the money line and the Vegas Golden Knights to win plus 101, like for their respective games. The series prices are obviously crazy, everybody, so you're not getting that party. So uh, and it was plus 115 before the series started, uh, for the record. Vegas to win and Denver to win was plus 115. Now, though, we got plus 101 if they're both going to win these games. And I do think Denver's going to win tomorrow. And then you could have Vegas going into Tuesday at plus 101. Mo Khan kicking it with us. Uh, Mo, CFL is back. Yep. Um, we had the Edmonton Elks and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders play uh, tonight. And that's the definition of letting them off the hook. Again, the Dennis Green quote. If you were Edmonton, you got to win that game. The play calling was terrible. You know, three plays in a row. You're on the goal line. You haven't won a home game in like three freaking years. And, yeah. and Saskatchewan gift wraps it for you. Like they were, they were like, here, you guys win the game. Trevor Harris just gives them the football. And then they can't punch it in from the goal line. Absolutely brutal, Mo. Yeah, this was a terrible game. Uh, I mean, you know, Cornelius is the quarterback. He's got all those receiving weapons to work with, and he underutilized that. I think for Chris Jones, I mean, he didn't go out to give him, give him a quarterback uh, to improve his team. He got receivers and playmakers to work with, but that's about it. Whereas with Sask, look, we talk about this team here coming to the season, uh, Craig Dickinson is under the gun. He's got to win early, and, and that's it's a referendum now for the Rough Riders to kind of get off to a good start. 
which they did last year when, when they went 4-1 and, and had to collapse here, but they have to avoid that. So can they now win those type of ugly games here? And you think about a game towards the end of the game, when they're running out the clock, Trevor House got beat up on the last second, the last play of the game, and almost was knocked out for the game. So they got to protect Trevor Harris here and make sure that he has the proper uh, coverage here to work with, where you want to keep him healthy. Because if you don't have him healthy, this ride team might be four and fourteen by the end of the season. Well, coming into the year, Mo, I thought that the two best teams in the CFL were the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the BC Lions. Now, we haven't seen the Argos play, and we've got to give the Argos the benefit of the doubt as being great cup champions, and they do have a very good roster. So let's say the three of them, but that's sort of my takeaways. Edmonton and Saskatchewan, they are who they are. They're average to poor, you know, they're not very good. Let's just call it out for what it is. BC looked very good on both sides of the football. They put up 25 on offense. They could have put up more, but they weren't really ever challenged to put up more. They held Calgary to 15. We'll see what Calgary evolves into. Uh, Winnipeg, that was an impressive performance. Uh, What do you make of this Hamilton team right now with Bo Levi Mitchell there? Did you like all the points they put up in the second half? Do you think that continues? I think it will be like for Ticat fans, you got to play the long play with this right now. They, they, they can't overreact after one game. I think for Bo Levi Mitchell, uh, he's still getting comfortable with his receiving core and his O line. And they didn't play well in the first half. As we saw, they came up strong in the second half with some key turnovers and touchdowns and whatnot here, Gabe. And, you know, they'll, they will have a chance to really kind of solidify themselves by going to Toronto next Sunday and ruin their home opener and get themselves one-on-one. Because that East Division, I still believe Hamilton is the best team. Toronto probably the second-best team. Montreal and Ottawa will probably flip and flip, flip-flop between three and four here. But if Bo Levi gets going early and develops that rapport with White and, and other guys in that receiving core, then they will be very tough to, 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 to stop in terms of what they have on offense here. But another key thing for the Ticats is their health. They have been knocked by the injury bugs the last couple of years. If they don't remain healthy, Gabe, uh, they might fall towards being 99 than what they should be as a 12 and 16 this season. Speaking of football and tackling, did you see Adam Hadwin get laid up, Mo? Unbelievable. I saw the highlight. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, it's like how how the hell they not know who he is? He was in the tournament, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like he's in the tournament, uh, but yeah, he got lit up. First time a Canadian has won since 1954 in Pat Fletcher. But it was a pretty cool tournament the way they did it with their hockey hole and stuff with the hockey boards. And I always said that over the past years. I said, man, if I was the Canadian Open. I would loosen it up a little bit and go sort of a little bit more like, you know, they do with the Waste Management Super Bowl weekend, right? Yeah. Especially right. Canadians are known for drinking beer and, and being raucous. And it wasn't quite Arizona, but it was a great atmosphere, great attendance, um, great stuff. It's too bad the PGA Tour and their commissioners, a big, you know, sleazeball, but it was an entertaining, <laughs> it was an entertaining <laughs> finish at the Canadian Open. Mo? Hey. We'll wrap up with you on the other side. We'll get a couple of NFL CFL predictions uh, from you out here. Where does uh, Dalvin Cook end up? Where does the Andre Hopkins end up? And more. The late night anger match for class. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Three-minute warning. Quickest 100 minutes in sports talk radio. This is Sports Ridge. We are now 88 days away from the start of the National Football League regular season. That's right. 88 days and counting. So, man, it's really not that far off, actually. CFL is back. USFL going into the final week of regular season play next week. We're at the playoffs. Ian Cameron Jones will get to the USFL a little bit later on. Um, but uh, the two players that people are talking about right now, Mo, DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook, what do you think happens? Uh, what are your predictions for those two players? I believe Miami might be the best fit for Dalvin Cook for what they're looking for. I mean, you think about the receiver core that they have and, and the, the running game that they're trying to build up. And, like, Mike McDaniel wants to have that running game in place. And Dalvin Cook would be his Christian McCaffrey and what he wants to employ as an offense. I think with DeAndre Hopkins, uh, look, if he's looking for that big dollar deal, he's not going to get it right now, Gabe. He's got to hold off and see what's out there. He can't go to Tennessee and New England. That's not where he's going to get that big parlay of money. He has got to go to a team like Kansas City, even the Buffalo Bills, or a contending team with a prime quarterback that will make him a better player. And if he's willing to take less now, it might play out from a gamble perspective that he gets a bigger uh, deal next spring in free agency. Yeah, I know, but how low can he go? That's the thing, right? I guess he wants the Beckham deal, right? $15 million? 50, 50, in the 15 yeah. mil range and or, and then with like some incentives on top of it. He's only 30 years old, but I would agree with you. I, you know, if I'm him, you're already rich anyway. So if you can get 10 or 12 from like a really good football team, then I wouldn't have a problem uh, with it. It doesn't seem, you know, the Buffalo Bills at some point, they're going to have to, you know, we talk about these basketball teams not having enough. It's clear the Bills have not had enough, right? They, you know, they're right. going into the season with Gabriel Davis, their number two wide receiver all over again. The only thing they did is they drafted Dalton Kincaid. Yeah, and, and I'll put it to you this way, right? Look at the Bengals. Look at their three-headed monster. Now we'll do circles again to the Bills any time of the week. Mokon. Always uh, great stuff, Mo. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Always, man. Have a great week. We'll speak soon, pal. The Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Portrait. I am RNC. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.